Well, that might sound like a lot of words. It might read like 23 verses of New Testament Bible. But it's my privilege that my full-time job is to have been reading those words again and again for the last few weeks. And God's stirring something in my heart that I just want to want to share with you today um, because I think these words are, are really rich for us with significance and meaning today. And, and this is just like the first section of a letter that was sent to a city, um, a church in a city called Ephesus. And last week we, we heard a bit about the city. Um, we heard that the title of this series is called What Are We Here For? We're asking the question... Um, who are we? The identity question and purpose and, and what do we got to do? So what are we here for as the church um, and also as individuals to some degree? And, and Paul wrote this letter to Ephesus. And Ephesus is a beautiful city that's been um, reconstructed very well in, in uh, Turkey today. It was, it was the mother city of Asia in the Roman Empire and it, it tells us a lot about what it is to be the church and the people of God. Um, See, so yeah, last week was at Ephesus. That's me at Ephesus. And today, I want to talk about my favourite TV show growing up. I wasn't much of a TV show person. I was a sportsman. I was give me sports, except for the motorsports. I found that. A bit lame, but apart from that, I would watch sports. But one show I would always watch on Channel 10 Wednesday nights was Thank God You're Here. This was the best show on free-to-air television, not even, not even an argument. It was, um, if you don't remember it, if you're too young, um, it was an improv comedy, comedy show and they would get comedians um, in and they would have to walk, in to a, um, walk into a pre-prepared skit There'd be actors who had a script and a story that they were running to and the guest comedian would come in and walk through the door. They had no idea what was going on. They had no idea what was going to happen. They had to make it up on the fly. And so Hamish Blake or Rebel Wilson or one of these legends of early 2010s Australian um, TV would walk in the door and I'd say, thank God you're here. And then, as you can guess, comedic chaos ensued. And it was, it was the most fun a, a 16-year-old boy could have. Um, Paul is saying to the church in Ephesus, thank God you're here. Like when Hamish Blake walks through that door, Paul writes this letter and says, thank God you're here. And he's not saying like, oh, thank God you're here. It's not quite like the TV show because it's not a relieved thank God you're here. It's a privilege. It's a joy. It's an honour. He's saying, Zan Mei. You know, I know that Cantonese word because Jess's middle name is Sun Mei um, or Chinese name. Praise God. Praise God that you're here. You're here. Thank God for that because you're meant to be here. Because God had a cosmic plan since time began and he had, your, he had a card with your name on it and he was waiting to play your card. And he said, now is the time and place. Now is the moment for you to be part of God's cosmic plan. 
He's saying to the church in, in Ephesus, you're the Ephesus part of the slice of the cake. You're the, you're the 52 AD slice of the cake in God's cosmic plan. And he's saying to us today, you are the Melbourne slice of the cake. You are the 2020 slice of the cake of God's cosmic plan. You know, if, if I, on Saturdays, I, I practice the Sabbath, I take a day off with Jess and we just um, dedicate it to the Lord and we try our best not to use our phones um, and, and we sometimes make a plan for what we're going to do on the Sabbath. And it'll often involve you know, a spa and sauna at Melbourne City Baths, maybe a walk around a nice part of town. There was, there was a new cafe we checked out yesterday in Footscray. We might decide to bake a cake. And it gets to the moment of the the day where it's time to bake the cake. And I say to the black bananas, thank God you're here, black bananas. It's time to mush you up and make a banana cake and you're part of the cake. And and God's had this plan since time began. And and this moment is is a certain cake and we're a part of that cake. Let's look at the let's look at the the passage. If you've got a Bible, it's chapter one of Ephesians, verse three. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Now I want you to imagine. I want you to imagine that this week I call you up and I say, Let's go to lunch. And I'm I'm shouting you lunch, okay? And I say, let's go somewhere fancy. We're not going KFC. We're not going to Dumplings Plus at High Point. We're not even going, like, we're not going brunch. Rudimentary, you know, I'll do that sometimes, but not today. We're not going to, like, a restaurant. We're not going to, to one of those celebrity-owned restaurants where they underpay their workers. We're not going to Hellenic Republic. We're going Michelin star, baby. Vu de monde. Is that Michelin star? Maybe. I think. Does Melbourne have any Michelin stars? We're going to have to travel to go Michelin star. All right? And then I say to you, what would you like to order? And you look at the menu, the waiter is waiting. I say, have anything you like. And you say, I'll have everything, thanks. I'm like, no. And the waiter's like, one of everything? And you're like, no, no, everything. I'll have everything in your kitchen. Bring it out, I'll have it all. I'd be a bit shocked. I was like, I thought the the Michelin stars was enough, but, you know, God is more generous than even that. Every spiritual blessing. He says, have it all. Every blessing, everything we need, everything we want, not just materially, everything in the spirit, everything in the heavenly realms, every spiritual blessing. You know, this just makes me want to break out in praise. This makes me want to just sing and shout and dance. And Paul does this. If you read Greek, which not many of us do, I don't really at all, I just get other people who read Greek to help me. They told me that Paul goes into a word vomit here. 
that from verse 3 to 14 is one sentence in Greek that he just word vomits because he's just so pumped, so wants to praise God so much. It's a beautiful word vomit. It's like a word vomit rainbow. It's not, it's not a, a gross one. But this beautiful sentence of praise where he just rolls and rolls saying we have everything we could ever want. We could have everything that we need. You know, we have everything we need in Christ and yet so often we don't feel like that. Because my body and my brain wants more, wants material stuff. You know, every spiritual blessing under heaven isn't enough. I want the material blessings as well. You know, so often I want more and I overeat. I overspend. I overschedule. I overdo it, looking for more, wanting my, wanting my fill, hoping to be full, overeating and being like, are you full? No, I'm not full. Give me more. Over, overscheduling, going, oh, we could fit something more and I just want to fill my life with stuff. And often I do that and then I have to repent to my wife. And, and I was repenting this week to Jess over the phone, saying, look, I, everything we need is not just, it sounds nice, but I think it's actually true. And I'm sorry, like I, I often overdo it, or I overeat or whatever, and I was saying on the phone, we have everything we need. And Jess was on speakerphone at the photocopier at work. And then a woman popped her head in and goes, can I just say, totally agree. I wish my 9-year-old and my 15-year-old could, could hear that because we have everything we need and we don't need to be busy and, and we don't need to be, have too much stuff to be happy. And then she says some other weird stuff. Like, you know, all that matters is our friends, maybe our family, except for when they give you weird Christmas presents. I was like, okay. And I could hear the whole thing. It was very funny. But I was like, even this woman at Jess's work who overheard my conversation on the phone feels this pull that we hunger and yet that maybe God has actually provided everything we need in Christ already. That we have meaning and purpose and identity and freedom and love. And I think even people who don't know Jesus know that the goal is to be satisfied, is to be filled, is to have everything we need. And, and maybe that's what was happening on the phone earlier this week. We have been given every spiritual blessing in Christ. So praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Do we have a friend joining us or just the wind? You know, the wind in, in the biblical language is spirit. So maybe the spirits, the spirits joining us as he always loves to do. Paul says, bless God. When he says, praise be to God, he's saying, bless God because he's blessed us. And then he just keeps rolling on in this, this, this word vomit, rolling on with what the spiritual blessings look like. If you've got your Bibles, verse 4 says, we were chosen before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. You know how nice it is to be chosen? Do you have memories of people choosing the team and, and maybe not getting chosen first? Maybe getting chosen last 
for the, the dodgeball team or whatever it was. It is so nice when someone says, I choose you. You know, one of the most beautiful things about, about romantic relationships and marriage is because someone says, I choose you. You were chosen. God said before creation, I chose you. Verse 5, in love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. It says that it's, it's, it's in love. It's his pleasure. It's his will. It's what he likes to do. It's what he loves to do. You know, we, we, are, we are loving beings. We do what we love. We often do what we have to do. We often do what we ought to do. But I think most often we do what we love to do. If you're going to high point, you're probably going to enter some shops. Not because you have to. You might enter some because you ought to, because, because your mum's birthday is coming up and you've got to you know, get that, that present. But I reckon you'll enter some shops just because you love to. You'll walk up to the Aesop shop and get one of those, those samples, you know, lather it on up the arms and everything. You'll go to those shops with lots of NBA jerseys, if you're like me. You'll go get a bubble tea. You'll go past John's Nuts and get a free sample. Because you love to. And we are made in the image of a God who loves. What he loves to do, what his pleasure is, what his will is, is to choose us for adoption. That we'd become sons and daughters of God the Father. My, my nephew, as I'm going to talk about my nephews, I've got the, the young one, six-year-old, he's crazy. The eight-year-old, he's sensible. And the sensible one asked me the other day, he said, why are humans made? And I thought, phew. He didn't ask me how are humans made. You know, I did not, did not want to get into that discussion with an eight-year-old. I'm a chronic oversharer and I don't know what would have happened. But he asked why are humans made? And so I could tell him, I said, Matty, humans are made because before creation even existed, God's love was so dynamic and radiant between Father, Son and Spirit that he said, I want to make you. I choose you. And then he loved us so much that he didn't just stop there and say, I want to create you. He said, I want to father you. I want to adopt you into my family. That's what this is saying. His pleasure, his will was that, that we'd be daughters and sons of God, just as Jesus was the Son of God. And that as, as daughters and sons of God, we have the inheritance of God. We have the security of God as our Father. We have the privilege. We have the intimacy. We get what's His. Some of us have fathers who, a lot of us have fathers who were really good in a couple of areas. Maybe they were great at providing. Maybe they were great at relationship. Maybe they gave you a lot of stability or security. Maybe they gave you a lot of fun times. But the Father God is the best of all fathers, of all cultures, of all families. He is the Father who loves intimately, who provides, who protects, who gives, who has an incredible inheritance. 
and he predestined us for adoption through his son Jesus Christ. Now, adoption's a hard process. And so what he did on the cross was, was difficult, but he wanted to adopt us and he said, I'm going to go through the adoption process. And then, verse 6, Paul just slides back into praise again. He can't help himself. He just goes to the praise of his glorious grace, which is freely given us in the one he loves. Praise him. Praise him. Let's just pause there. A couple of things have come up in these first few verses that I want to I want to mention. One is that Paul keeps saying in Christ, in him, through Christ. And what we need to notice is that we actually receive all of what Paul's talking about here because we're enfolded into Jesus. We're actually brought in to his body. We have the love and blessings and privileges that Christ has as the Son of God. We get in on that. God sees us as he sees Jesus. It's like, I, I love to use sports analogies and I have to use one here because it's the best, best illustration. If a player leaves a team I hate and joins a team I love, my feelings towards that player change very quickly. Right? So there was this Egyptian soccer player called Mohamed Salah and he played for Chelsea. And one of my good mates, he, um, go, he goes for Chelsea and when we play FIFA, we play Liverpool versus Chelsea. And he would always use this guy, Salah, to, to dominate me. And I started really, I didn't, didn't know who Salah was, but I started to really think this guy is a bad egg. And then Salah moved to Liverpool. And all of a sudden, I love you, Muhammad Salah. You are my guy. You know, I, for my wedding, he got me a Muhammad Salah jersey because all of a sudden I hated this guy, now I love this guy, and now he's going to help us win the league because he's in my team. He's in my team, and so he gets the attention, the adoration, the affection that all the other Liverpool players have from me. When we're in Christ, we get the attention, the love, the inheritance, the blessings that God the Father has for the Son. That's what it means to be in Christ. The other thing that's, that's coming up here is some language of like election, we call it. There's, it says chose, it says predestined. This language is because before creation, God loved you. Before creation, God knew that he wanted to love you and he wanted to choose you. And why this is so important is not because of the logic of how it all works and working who's in and who's out. Sometimes we can get distracted by that. The purpose of this is because it's all grace. It's grace all the way down. Grace means gift. That God's love, that God, that you being in Christ is, is not something you could even do because he already knew he was going to do it before you existed. And so you can't make it happen, you can't earn your way to it, you can't, you can't work enough hours, you can't give enough money, you can't convert enough people to Christianity, you can't say enough prayers to make this happen. It is grace all the way down, which is free. We can't do anything to get Christ to love us. 
We can't do anything to be adopted. We can't work our way into the family of God. You can't do a dance. You can't get his attention. It's grace all the way down. His love for you was already locked in before you did a thing, before you breathed a breath. Paul keeps rolling. He, there's still more spiritual blessings in his, his huge sentence. He says, in Christ we have redemption, we have forgiveness. He says, this is the riches of God's grace. This is the, the bank account. This is the riches of God's grace that we're inheriting. It says he lavished it on us. He lavishes his riches on us. Like, like I've seen some of you at Pancake Parlor, you lavish the maple syrup on. Right? He lavishes the riches of his grace on us. It says, with all wisdom and understanding. You know, God has all the wisdom. He is the smartest, wisest person in the world or being in the world. And he decided that he would make it known to us, the mystery of his will. It says he's pleased to do this. He would reveal to us the mystery of his purpose, which is to bring unity to all things in their proper place under Christ. If you're following along, this is, this is verse 9 and 10. The mystery of God, was the mystery of his purpose, was that he wants to bring all things into unity under him. Not just like in proper place, but in proper place, in proper relationship under Christ. He's making all things new. It's a beautiful vision. And then he does this cool thing from verse 11 to to 14 where he speaks to the Jews and then to the Gentiles. Because unity is what God's purpose is, he goes, we, verse 11, we, the Jews... We were privileged enough to be chosen first. We were God's people and and so Jesus actually came to us and Jesus revealed himself to us and we were the first to put our praise, our trust in Christ. Praise God. He just keeps breaking into praise. Glory, it even says. And he pivots to the Gentiles and he says, and you, you are also privileged because you've been included in Christ. When you heard the message of truth, you were brought in on it too. When you heard the gospel, you believed and you were marked with the Holy Spirit. And he says this beautiful line about the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is like a deposit on your future. That it's a deposit on the inheritance you're going to receive. It's the first 10%. It's the down payment for heaven. We have everything we need, and yet it's only a down payment on what is to come. And then Paul finishes this sentence, to the praise of his glory. So much praise. So that's one sentence. That's what Paul is saying. That is who you are. Thank God you're here. What are we here for? We're here because of God's cosmic plan. Thank God you're here. And then he begins to pray. He says, in some ways, the skit begins now. That's the setup. That's the truth. That's who you are in Christ. And now I'm going to pray that you're going to grow into it. And he prays, continue in the blessing. He prays more, Lord. He prays, you've got this gift, now hone it. 
Like a ballerina who's young but talented. Got the gift, but you've got to hone it. If you're a young athlete, you've got the gift, but you've got to hone it to win the gold. He says, this is who you are, but I pray. I've been thanking God. I'm saying, thank God you're here, and now I pray that you would grow into this gift, that you would steward this gift, that you would continue receiving the gift of God, continue to receive the Spirit so you know Him better. You know, we grow in relationship with our, our fathers or our mothers. I was my father's son when I was five. I was my father's son when I was 25. But I knew my dad better when I was 25. The reality hasn't changed, but the relationship has matured and, and deepened. And that's what Paul's praying. Grow, know him better. Not that you achieve anything better, not that you are anything better, but that the relationship enriches and deepens. He prays that the eyes of your hearts would be enlightened, that you'd be awake to all that God has for you. He's saying this blessing, you have every blessing, explore the blessing. He says you have this treasure, explore the treasure chest. He says You've, you've ordered everything, you've got everything, now taste it. Taste the crab. Try the prawn. Taste it all. As the eyes of your heart are enlightened to all that you have in him, you will know the hope which he called you, the hope to which he called you and the riches of the inheritance of his people. You will know the power which we have in him, which is the same power which raised Jesus from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only now but also in the one to come. That is the power that we have. That is part of the treasure. And so so Paul prays, explore, grow, Know it all. Taste it. Try it. We have everything we need. We have the keys to the mansion. It's time to explore the house. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you've given us everything, every spiritual blessing. And so we say, praise you, God. And we say, more, Lord. Grow it in us. Nurture it in us. Would you grow the gift that we've received? Would we hone the gift? Would, we, would our eyes be open to all that you've given us? Would the, the eyes of our heart be awakened to the riches of your love? That we might know the hope to which we've been called. That we might know the power which he has for us. That we might know the riches and inheritance that that is ours as your holy people. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.